Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now. And if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. Hockey, yeah. yeah. My favorite. It's Judd's Hockey Show. All right, it's time for, uh, I guess you could call it an impromptu edition of Judd's Hockey Show. Judd, Lindsey Brown, Declan Goff is at the uh, feel-good event of the year. Of course, I'm talking about Hockey Day in Minnesota. Freezing. A celebration of this just great sport in which we all just... We all cuddle up to hockey, and it's such a feel-good sport, and it's so fantastic. So I am absolutely thrilled. You are. Lindsay, I am thrilled. You're full of happiness this morning. I am. I am because Hockey Day in Minnesota has brought a special gift. What is it? What's the gift? That is the fact that uh, Paul Fenton, as expected, on Thursday began to do what he has to do, which is pick apart pieces of this roster. Nino sent to Carolina for Victor Rask, who I guess is not that fast. Center Iceman, though, get, gives you depth. But more importantly, it starts to pick apart pieces. But what I'm thrilled about is not the trade. I am thrilled by the fact that hours after finding out that their pal had been traded, and basically on a conference call by Fenton being challenged, he said, you know, this is just the start, and, and these right. guys these guys decide their fate mm-hmm. from, from here on out. Yep. They played a team in the Anaheim Ducks that had lost 12 consecutive games. They're doing fine. At home. <laughs> and these guys went out and were absolute dogs. On the ice. What do you mean? Which, which thrills me to no end because Paul Fenton now sees exactly. And that was, you know what? That's the reason why I didn't have a problem with him moving slowly and observing. Mm-hmm. Because he did have to see what we've seen for how long now? Three years? Two yeah, years? at least. So now he's seeing it. Yep. And what he saw last night was a gutless, heartless effort from guys who had lost their buddy. And and that's them. And, and I will go back to saying, individually, these might be a collection of really good people. I don't mm-hmm. know. Like, I, this is no judgment on them as humans. Right. But as a collection, they simply don't work. And Fenton is coming to re- realize that. And I don't care if they're in the eighth playoff spot, the seventh playoff spot. If Paul Fenton was hired here to build a winning team, and I mean a good team, not just a playoff, not just a, oh, we made the playoffs again team. Right. Then he is seeing what this team as a puzzle is all about, and it has to be broken up, and I think the Nino trade starts that. Absolutely. I think that's your very—and I I texted you yesterday when it kind of started breaking in the early afternoon there of that the first shoe finally dropped. And after this, it's kind of uncharted waters for the franchise and for the fan base because for so long, so many of us have been calling for a move like the Nino move. It's just that now that it's finally coming to fruition, it's kind of surprising. And it was just kind of out of nowhere. There wasn't anything. I mean, the last few games, they've been awful. 
but there wasn't like a big time event that you usually think would come with that type of trade or anything else. It just kind of came out of nowhere and it finally got done. And now everybody's, it's every man for themselves out there. I think it might have been the Detroit and Philadelphia games. And right. I don't, and, but I don't think it was Fetton that has to see that. I think Fetton had to get through to Leopold about this is them. Right. And, you know, until that Detroit game, that Detroit game was an embarrassment. I mean, they no-showed, and I we can I don't want to hear, oh, Detroit played hard. Okay, they played hard. I don't care. They're bad. Right. Uh, Philadelphia enters that game on Monday night as the worst team in the league, points-wise, and, right. you, give, and you give up seven goals in that game. L.A. then takes over that mantle on the Tuesday. The other worst team. Yeah, and, yeah. They, and they escape with a point. So I they, think, But that's the thing. They escape with a point to the team that is last place yeah, and the, the Kings side, got the, the point. The Wild got two, but who cares? The right, po- the but point- they had to escape against know, that team. That's I know. the problem. But I think, but I think to your to what you're saying about was there like a moment? I think it was those three games, especially Detroit and Philadelphia, where Paul could go to Craig and say, "You see, it doesn't work." Right. And and the Nino trade, I, I've seen already pushback about you know, well, Nino scored 20 goals and Nino did this and that. I don't think trading him is necessarily about getting Rask back and thinking Rask is great. Right. I think it's about saving a little, a little bit of cap room, which yep. they do. Get a little younger. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. And I think it's also about, as I said, stripping the pieces out of the puzzle. Right. Starting to officially dismantle and, let, and put the rest of the team on notice that, hey, just so you know, and provide that little extra kick. And that might save one or two guys' jobs here, at least. It might. Who knows? Everything's butterfly effect. But like you said, these last few games, their last four games, they're one. They're not even. They're o three and one against the Ducks, who twelve game losing streak. Kings were last in the Pacific, who had a minus thirty one goal differential. Well, they get the Kings win. It's one. It, yes, they but get that's that an zero and one. Yeah, but, but yes, it doesn't count as a, a tie technically. It's a shootout. And then so. Flyers last in the Met, and then the Wings yeah. are two points out of the last place in, in the Atlantic. Absolutely. So you're getting. You're not only losing to these teams, but you're giving up five goals, seven goals, two goals, three goals. And my guy, Alex Stalock, was not good, not ready to go last night. And it was a weird start to the game on all accounts. But and they, that last goal that he gave up was real weird. Yeah, it was. But they looked, they just looked like a team. If Fenton was was trying to get a re- reaction for them to say, hold yes. on hold on a second here, buddy boy, we're going to show you. He was you. looking for, like, the rallying yeah. call for everyone, and he got discombobulated. Stalock got no help. Yeah, They none. did nothing. Nothing. It was embarrassing. But I do think... It's important because this is this is now going to be the start. What's your guess? I, I think Stahl is gone before the uh, February 25th trade deadline for sure. What's your guess about who's next here? Because it's going to be interesting. Some pieces have some pieces have a probably pretty good value, and right. some pieces I think they're going to strip away for the sake of stripping them right. away. Well, and like you said about Nino, it's not so much that we they're trading away a 20 goal score. They're not getting 20 goal score from that spot right now. And Victor Rask isn't that player, but if anything, you're getting exactly what you had, but at least it's a different guy and maybe gives you a different look. And it's I a think, center. And I think moves that would include Charlie Coyle would be a similar move. I think moves with, I think Granlin's on the border with that right now, at least with me, where he's not really producing enough. I guess there are players that we've talked about in the past, like Dubnik, like Spurgeon, who can get you value back, but the actual likelihood of those transactions happening are extremely low. Yeah, because it's a lot of money. They're big time position, especially with goaltending, because te- it's it's a it's a crapshoot. You, you've seen teams who have traded for goalies that where they've gone on a run, and but more as of lately, it's been they've been junk. Mm-hmm. Ryan Miller, Marty Brodeur. 
So I'm guessing your best, your next bet, if you know, if you're in Vegas, is probably Charlie Coyle's the next easiest to move. But I don't know if that'll actually get, get, be done because I think Nino's value is actually better than Charlie's at this point right now before he was traded. Because yeah, he scored in that Kings game. Yeah, I I, have to, I can't tell with Co- Coyle. It, that would all depend on if you. If you think that he could play on your third line and right. you're a contending team and you think that the role would be correct, right? Right. Uh, Rask, I think, was acquired to replace Stahl. Okay. And it's going to be a downgrade from Stahl, but I don't think – if Fenton's smart, and, and I think he is, he's not going to care. Right. Because the playoff berth, to me, is is no, nothing. I, Who cares? There's no spending, point to it. You're going to be spending so much energy There's and no time basically just to lose in the first round. And my question to you is, I, I think there'll be another move and you have your, obviously your trade deadline, but do you think we're likely to see any movement in the next week before the All-Star game? Do you think that there's any likely, like how soon do you think this move happens? If the, if and when I think there's now a month before the deadline comes mm-hmm. where, where it's going to depend on what the offers are starting right. to come back. Um, I think he wants to see how these two new players kind of fit into the scheme as well. Yeah, moving well, Charlie back to wing now that Rask is here as a center. And, you know, I was told a few weeks ago or a month ago that Fenton came here and started to watch this team and was fully aware that, that quote, tweaks were not going to be the answer right. to this team's problems. Now, Leopold's the problem because right. he's the fan. He's mm-hmm. the he's the guy sitting there and saying, well, if, if we don't play in the springtime, the building's dark. I lose lots of potential cash. Right. But that's why I think the Red Wings and Flyers games were key because then Paul could go to Craig and be like, okay, you we're see. We're losing against rebuilding yeah. teams. And, these are, yes. and we're awful. This is, yes. this is a joke. Like, yes. Um, and so I think the next question becomes, is Paul sort of trying to get guys that he can plug and play and that Craig. Play this season, yeah, you mean? Yeah, and okay. Craig is hoping, to your point, that right. Craig is hoping will help short term. And at what point can Paul get Craig to say, you know what, just dump yeah that's fine the Grandland trade to me is an interesting one it's a weird one it changes every week or well, at least my evaluation no, i think you're him. right but his value right now right is so low i don't think i would actively look to move him because if i'm going to trade him i want him to get hot because when he's playing well right take him to market his I think ceiling he, is so yes. high to not try to sell him even if he's like in the on the stairs down to his basement it's not worth it if right that, if that makes sense it does it's just weird because you know, it'll be interesting these next few weeks, especially with Nino out of the lineup. I think that if people had to rank, at least in fan likability, I think out of that group, it's Zucker, then Granlin, then Nino, then Charlie. At least that is for me of like who I think or who, who I have the highest opinion of at that point right now. So I think that Charlie probably would have been a more popular move than Nino right now. But now that Nino is gone, I think it resets everybody's value too. And you have to look at each trade that's being made this far out from the deadline because these are these are what is setting prices. That's why, you know, a couple of years ago when they traded for Hansel, while they, why they had to hand over a first-round pick to him because previous trades in the earlier weeks had set the price for a first-round draft pick to, for the rental. So it'll be interesting to see how other teams value somebody like Granlin, somebody like Coyle, guys who can snap out of streaks quickly. That's an actual thing too because teams will trade for guys who are not doing super I think Granlin's hurt, too. I think as well. And so that's you basically with any sort of injury or just owie in general, you can't move them because teams are going to be wary of that. Is there anybody on that list that you just went through? So guys who um, Mm -hmm. who don't have, at this point, no trade clauses that you wouldn't trade? 
No, I think every I think everybody's Spurge, open. Spurgeon scares me, but once again, if you want to get something, sometimes you have to give something. The thing about Spurgeon that he I don't think he's played particularly well as of late. There's a lot of times that the Wild are getting scored on, in which like either he's blowing a tire or like somewhere where he right. is not supposed to be. And I'm like, first of all, let's get this guy skate sharpened. But I almost wonder how much of that play is a result of being repaired with Suter, and I think because they're paired together. Every time I see Spurgeon blowing a tire, I also am like, oh, where's Suter? He's, like, standing straight up somewhere. So I almost wonder if he's trying to overcompensate for Suters, and so maybe he's not playing as well because he's having to do too much. I think at this point between him and Dubnik, those are your two most uh, tradable assets in terms of possible return. Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of teams that would love a defenseman like Spurgeon with a very friendly contract who still has a couple years left. So I think if you're just looking at it on paper – those two are probably the – he's probably the easiest to move in terms of getting value back and checking all the boxes. But I don't know if you want to give him up just because you can. And how about your guy? Which guy? Zucker. I, that he can score for a team. He can. He's got value. And, mm-hmm. and I'm going to tell you right now, I think if you moved him to a playoff-type team mm-hmm. and and gave him a jolt in life, he could be really good. Mm-hmm. I I sense that, and I think he's a very, once again, this is no judgment of him as a person. Yep. I think he's a really good guy. But Jason strikes me as the type of guy who's incredibly comfortable now. And mm-hmm. and athletes don't necessarily thrive, all of them, I should say, when they're incredibly comfortable. If you moved him to a playoff team and put him on a top two line, I think he could give a team a lot. And right now, and right now he'll have a good week here, mm-hmm. or he'll have a great two-game stretch. Mm-hmm. But this year, once again, we're seeing these ebbs and flows where there's at times he just disappears. I agree with you to an extent. He does. And I, but what I struggle with with him is that I could see your point of view where moving him as an asset is, is very desirable and how other teams would be like, he has speed. He's not big, but he can shoot. He creates a lot. But at the same time, I would like him to be part of the rebuild. I would like him to be a player that holds over because he has those skills. Because he has those off-ice intangibles that he offers to the community. And as much as as stupid as that is to bring that into account when you're making this decision, Craig is going to consider that. And if I'm Craig, he seems like a guy, now he's comfortable at least financially, but he seems like a hardworking guy. He does a lot off the ice. He's one of those guys that you, if you trade him and you completely bottom out, you better be prepared for everyone to hate you. Because I don't if, think Paul Fenton will care. I Right, but at the same time, Paul Fenton isn't – there is a price of business as well. That's why Tibbs was fired at the random time that he was, because it was a business decision because people were not renewing tickets. Jason Zucker is a huge draw to the fan base, and he's not so bad that he's detrimental like Nino or Coyle are. So unless they get this really great offer for him, I really take a second look at moving him just because I think that he could be a piece and a leader – if you put the right people around him, I think he's comfortable because he's grown up with these guys, not necessarily because he's comfortable with the organization. And I, I think that's the problem. I think there's way too much comfort in in that room. Yeah, with the buddies. And the problem, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the bottom line, too, that you could easily come back at me with, and you'd be absolutely correct, is the problem, too, is 
part of the comfort too exists through the veterans with no move clauses, which right. is ridiculous. For sure, which is killing you. Mm-hmm. But you're you're stuck. For sure, I think yeah, you're just absolutely. That's stuck. the thing. You could say that there's a comfortability, but I don't think he's the personality where he just is like, all right, I've made my money now and I'm going to chill. He doesn't seem like that. And I don't know him that well. I Who just, knows? I I but... always go back to I just don't think this group works. I don't think it's any one right. in, individual. The group doesn't. So but group doesn't you don't. Work. But you also don't want to. There's there's not. Just crap everywhere. There are some good things on that team, and you can take, you can have carryovers from. You know, they're going to need more than Cunning and Greenway mm-hmm. to stick around and Sealer. Like you need somebody who's been there before. And considering, I mean, comparatively to the other contracts, his isn't terrible. Zucker's right. And so, even if say you don't trade him this year, and you just say keep him for a couple more seasons, and it's not working out, then look to move him. But at this point. He doesn't strike me as one of those Jenga pieces that you can pull out and expect everything to be okay. I think if you trade him, sure, you start your rebuild, but you might extend it longer than what you had originally planned for. And that's the question, I guess, is is what is Fenton's goal with that? Does he want to, Does he think he can turn this around in a year or right. two? Does he say to himself, I need three years? Right. You know, if, if you say three years, then you can start to trade guys and not care. Right. What do you think the fans' reaction? So so I think rightfully so, people are tired of this, right? Play- yeah, I think six, that, yeah. Six consecutive playoff bursts. So what do you, if they now start to strip this apart, though, and miss the playoffs basically on purpose, which mm-hmm. personally... I, I'm f- fine with. I think yep. that you are as well. But what's your guess about the actual? Because I saw tweets last night saying, you know, this is unwatchable. I can't. And it's like, well, that's well, sort- it's unwatchable with Nino on the team, right? But Either that's, way, but that's sort of the point too. Right. It's like that's all we got for. I I think people look at these players and are like, well, we're going to get Gretzky and Curry back, and it's going to be fantastic. Right. One, you're not going to. But do you think the fans keep coming? Do you think? Do you think the Wild can even concern itself with that if it wants to get? you know, to a place eventually down the down the road here where it's really good? I think the Wild have the luxury of having an educated fan base in the sense that it's it's honestly a blessing and a curse because the fans know when they're watching crappy hockey. You and I see it like when we're, we know when it's a bad game and there's nothing that pisses off like true hockey fans than bad hockey because it's like you, it feels like they're ruining art. And I think that the Wild, as much as they can turn people off, especially these last few games, it do, just because they're not in the building doesn't mean people aren't paying attention. As long as I think that the organization shows that they realize where they're at and what their team identity is. So that means they have to fess up to what they actually are, which is not a playoff contender. They need to just be honest. Honesty is the best policy, especially with fan bases. The Rangers last year, remember when their GM released that letter yes. around this time last year and then basically said, we're rebuilding. Everything must go. And it's going to be Hang with us. Yes. And, and that's fine. And at the time, people were like, I can't believe that they did this. But now, after a couple weeks after that happened, nobody's really talked about the Rangers ne- this year. But who knows two years from now? Maybe that's the beginning of what the process is in the well, NBA. the Blackhawks right the Blackhawks as well. They're doing the same thing. We're seeing that kind of first attempt at the rebuild process, or at least the NBA's uh, version of it, on the NHL scale. So it'll be interesting in the next couple of years to see how those work out. But I just honestly think if the organization said, hey, we know we made some tough decisions. There are some good pieces. There are going to be people move that you may that you may be fans of, but this is what we think is the best road to get us back to not only being competitive but to compete. 
There's a difference mm-hmm. between being competitive and to well, actually well, compete. This, and this group has proven right. they can make the playoffs. Right. And but, they, they're competitive. But it goes nowhere. Yeah. Right. But they but can't actually compete. That's a difference. And as much as that, that's so dumb that I use the same word for two well, different definitions. But, no, but I think you're right. And I think I think it goes to, to the fact that this group does have some good players. I don't think they're great, yeah. but they've got some good players. But it is, and this has been true for years now, one of the most mentally weak group of people yes. that, that you could possibly find. And hockey's a sport right. where alphas are necessary. Right. And, I agree. And you tell me, who is the alpha? You know, people for years mocked me for my Koivu shouldn't be captain stance, but he's not a good captain. And at one time, he was a pretty damn good player. I don't take that away from him for one second. Right. But he was he's never been a captain. He shouldn't be a captain. And that team needs a guy who can go through that room and kick some butt, and they don't have it. And now it's just too late. Right. Like, like now you can't be like, well, strip the C from Miko. And I, no, now it's right. too late. Yeah. I'm trying to go through my head quickly. I'm trying to think of, because we the team is made up m- m- by the majority of first-round draft picks, right? Other than Zucker, Spurgeon, Steeler, Wells. A lot of first rounders, a lot of first round talent. Yeah, probably. I've, right, I've, and so there, and that, people can't help where they're people can't help them where they're drafted. But you can. There's definitely something to be said of like where you're drafted and how that plays into your trajectory. Say if you're a first rounder and you're not playing well, like a Ewell Erickson Eck, you look like a much worse player than you might actually be. But sure. just because you were taken in the first round, there's higher expectations. And Brock Besser is taken behind you, and right? He's great. Or you have players like like. Patrice Bergeron, who was taken in the seventh round and just worked their way, and the chip on their shoulder, that's the leaders you need. I think they need to focus a lot on actually, like, doing some deep dive on teams, almost like treating it like the expansion draft, where you have these players that are maybe older, maybe have a little more snarl to them, and bringing in these guys who have a chip on their shoulder, who may not have won a cup yet, who may not have a ton of playoff experience. Maybe that's the real thing, because a lot of times people try to trade at the deadline and be like, Guys, playoff pedigree. He's been, he's yeah. been in the locker room. He knows how to win. Honestly, what's worse? A, a dog that hasn't eaten yet or a dog that ate two years ago and is kind of hungry now? And you but know his like, name. Right. But that's the thing. Maybe you need to get some guys in here that have been basically overlooked by everybody else. Jason Zucker was overlooked by a lot of people. And, and look where he is now. And I will say this. If you're a Wild fan, you can't have it both ways. No. You, you can't be frustrated with where this team is at or where it's been or where you perceive it to be going. Mm-hmm. But then when, when they start to strip away the pieces from yep. that, say, but I really love Nino. Yep. Or Zucker's my favorite. You yep. know, you can't have it both I ways. I agree. So if, you're ti- so if you're tired of what you're seeing, then be prepared. And I think that... Uh, Thursday was the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Be prepared for a lot of guys to be traded, and they should be. But then I saw, you know, on Twitter last night, we saw the old, you know, I can't believe they only got Rask back for Nino. Right. And it's like, no, you can't do this both. If if you wanted that, if you loved these players, then yeah. the worst day for, uh, for you as a Wild fan was the day that Chuck Fletcher was fired. Right. Because you should have then yeah. kept Chuck. Right, because that was your security blanket that they were going to stick around. Those were his guys. And and that's the thing, too, and I think that a lot of fans need to realize as well uh, that the management, as much as they have people working on this, nobody really knows what the F they're doing. Their mistakes are going to be made. Oh, of course. People are going to be traded for people that are of lesser value, and things aren't going to work They've out the way fl- that they tra- – and people They've- need to just, like – They've got philosophies, though. Like, right. I, like Fenton, I agree. Look at Nashville. Fenton's yes. going to try that, and you know what? Okay, it right. worked. I agree, but there, there, there are certain precursors that you can point to, saying like this is what leads to success. That's a hundred percent true. But there's all this is also a franchise that doesn't have a huge like culture made up of winning accountability. All these like like the Detroit, like you know Toronto, Toronto, not really, I guess, but like Chicago, where you have these, Which they inf- did, yeah. right? Where 
you have these cultures built. They have to rebuild the culture here to basically be, let's be better than okay. Let's be better than just making it. And, let's be better than just doing it for the Instagram. And they have like, to change how the team plays, too. Right, like, right. Like, they're, like, the style that they tried to play four years back, which they're still trying to play, does not work now. Right. Like, it's a big... It's a big, super fast, strong mm-hmm. game now, mm-hmm. and and trying to play the the way that they have doesn't work. A uh, last thing, why do you think the Western Conference sucks? Because I thought it would be good. It's weird how like three years ago they were saying that there was gonna be like this Western Conference reign for the next decade, and then actually <laughs> the Penguins won two cups, and then you know all this other. I don't know. I guess it's I guess it you see. Franchises like the Blackhawks, like the Kings, who are all in rebuild mode. All of these old guard teams that were basically dominating the conference over the last 10, 15 years are all bottoming out. I think that's why they're – I don't think it's necessarily worse. I think coverage, which leans to the east anyways, has gone way over because that's where all the good teams Colorado's are. Colorado's got one line, which is fantastic, but they got right. one line basically. Their goaltending is suspect. Uh, Dallas is just beyond where – Dallas, Dallas confuses is just like me. I don't know what Dallas is. Dallas, every, every year I could say they can make a run to the Stanley Cup final yes. and they end up missing the playoffs. It's bizarre. But I don't know. I don't think they're necessarily – I think there's a lot of teams that are very close together. There's not necessarily a cream of the crop as much as there is on the Eastern Conference, but that'll be different two years from now. All right, that's it. Say goodbye, Lindsay. Bye! Call of Duty Modern Warfare is here, and so is Mountain Dew. Roger that. Now you can unlock in-game rewards like only Dew can. Wait, what rewards? A Dew Operator Skin. Man, I love Operator Skins. Dual double XP, and even Call of Duty points. You're kidding me. Double XP and Call of Duty points? This is incredible. I can't believe it. Soldier, get a hold of yourself. Oh, roger that. Look for specially marked packaging and visit mtndugaming.com for details and restrictions. Open to U.S. Residence 17 Plus. Call of Duty points available on 12 and 24 packs and free 20 and 23. At the Home Depot, we have plenty of Christmas trees to make your holidays even more magical. Hundreds of full, easy-to-assemble artificial trees that look so real, you may be convinced they actually are. And for those who love that fresh pine smell, we have a parking lot full of fresh-cut trees to call your own. We'll even help you load your tree in the car so you can bring home the holidays. The Home Depot. How doers get more done.